0: When asked Thomas Edison what he thought was the greatest innovation of all, without hesitation he said, the mind of a child, because that's where it all starts. And if you think about it, everything that surrounds us, everything that's man-made was born in someone's
1: imagination and then brought to life. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakhiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Welcome to the Mind Valley podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Three principles to bring radical creativity into your business. The world is going through so much change right now. And with the right principles of thinking about creativity, we want to make sure you don't miss the boat. Creative marketing campaigns, creative new product ideas, creative new ways to attract talent. Creativity is an edge that every startup founder, every entrepreneur can use to really make their business grow and stand out. And so today, I wanted to bring you the author of the 2011 book, Slingshots, the founder of the Slingshot Framework, Gabor George Burt. You can learn more about him on Gabor, G-A-B-O-R, George, G-E-O-R-G-E, Burt.com. And his work is all about harnessing creativity. In a recent IBM survey of 1,500 CEOs, it was found that creativity is considered the single most important leadership trait for future success and this is why i'm so excited about our guest today gabor welcome to the mind valley podcast
0: listen uh, thank you for having me my pleasure
1: so gabor firstly the name gabor i love that name what's the origins of that name
0: well uh, i was born in budapest hungary in fact that's where i am happen to be right now At an early age, uh, not unlike you, I was uh, then transported to the US. And uh, that uh, kind of cross cultural uh, experience has been very big influence on everything that I do and the way that I see the world. And I also had a chance to go back in the 1990s and take part uh, in the transformation of this entire region, which to me was one of the most amazing periods in, in history, when an entire region transformed politically, socially, culturally, economically, and mostly peacefully. And so this idea of creative transformation that I bring to the business world and, and, and everything that I do is, is something that's very fundamental to the way that I uh, see the world and the experiences that have shaped me.
1: How did you get started in creativity?
0: Well, uh, I think that's that's really the, the root of it is that uh, you know when when I was brought to the US at the age of 12, I was completely uprooted from my uh, comfort zone and when that happens to you, you establish this uh, uh, real innate sense of curiosity and not accepting uh, boundaries, but asking the what if questions and then looking at differences in different parts of the world and using that to leverage to say, how can we establish commonality? What are the things that drive success and and uh, enchantment and empowerment for people across cultures, across societies, and across businesses. And that's really at the uh, at the core of, I think, uh, uh, my
1: passion for this. So let's get started with the first question. And I'm so excited about this conversation, because one of the things you also do is you talk about, you teach businesses to bring humor into their marketing campaigns. And I'm a, such a big fan mm-hmm. of that. We've been experimenting with humor, and it's just been some of the most fun work I've had. So You stated in an article once, customers by nature are insatiable and continuously yearn for things they don't yet possess. Their satisfaction frontier is always beyond their grasp. Let's talk about this. How do business owners face this challenge of keeping consumers excited about the next best thing?
0: Right, that's a great place to start because I am also beside business. My uh, background is in psychology. So I was always interested by what truly motivates people, right? And and, and and everything is about relationships. And the relationships in business are just as, uh, you know, similar to uh, in our personal lives. And, uh, and so I wanted to get at the very heart of that. What is it that makes people really attracted by a business offering, by a brand, uh, by an experience? And I think it has to do with the fact that what What we are yearning for is a collection of experiences. We want to always experience things that we haven't in the past. And and if we inject that with meaning and we inject that with elements that excite us, then we can sustain an ongoing relationship. And so I hit on this concept of not just delighting your target audience, but to use this very special word, infatuate your target audience, because it captures the essence that a relationship has to be very strong emotionally, but also understand that it is transient. It is short-lived because by definition, if I like what you have for me, very soon I will accept that as the new normal, as the new status quo. And I will consider that the new standard. And so for our relationship to last, I need to be continuously uh, refreshed in terms of my connection with you. It's a really fascinating cycle and uh, and something that has tremendous uh, value and potential for, for business as well as for uh, other spheres of society.
1: Amazing. So we were going to talk about the idea of radical creativity, and you were going to be sharing with us three principles that we can take into our business, whether we are a coach whether we are a startup founder, an entrepreneur, whether we're working for a corporation that we care about. So tell us about these principles and let's go straight into the topic.
0: Yeah, let's do that. And let me put that in context just for those who are joining us. Uh, I am fortunate enough to have been one of the core original members behind the concept of Blue Ocean Strategy, which many of you are aware of or have tried to implement. And Slingshot is really a continuation or based on my work with Blue Ocean Strategy. Blue Ocean was all about creating your own market space. It's a beautiful image and, and of course, aspirational goal. And what Slingshot does is that it, it gives the practical guide to achieving that so that you can sustain and continuously create new market space. And that's where that statistic that you shared at the beginning, uh, Vishen, about uh, the IBM study, that uh, creativity is seen as the most important leadership quality, another study, that uh, interviewed 100,000 employees working in all kinds of different companies showed that 98% consider creativity to be vital to their work, yet 2% think that their workplace actually encourages and nurtures creativity. So there's this great disconnect. So what I see as my role is to fill that gap. So my Slingshot framework instead of uh, complicating, wants to simplify. Deborah,
1: just just before you go into the slingshot framework, could mm-hmm. you, for the people here who might be unfamiliar with the term blue ocean strategy, yes. could you explain really quickly what that is?
0: Absolutely. So blue ocean strategy, as the image uh, is kind of a wonderful way of communicating, implies that you are creating your own market space. So you're breaking away Everybody else who is competing in what we call Red Ocean, which is bloody, cutthroat, everybody doing the same thing and trying to beat the competition rather than focusing on customers. When you can differentiate and exit that space and create your own, that's what we call Blue Ocean. And some of our more visible examples included Cirque du Soleil that you might be familiar with, as well as Yellowtail Wines. Um, and so that's that's the essence of I blue ocean did, strategy.
1: Like I, I drink yellowtail wine. How did they create a blue ocean for themselves?
0: Ah, it was very interesting because they entered an incredibly saturated market space. I mean, the uh, the U.S. wine market and industry has thousands of players and dominated by just a few top ones. And so getting into that uh, seemed uh, suicidal. But what they did was to really reframe the question, again, use a perspective that nobody else bothered to take on. Everybody else was just, again, in the red ocean. And that is simply to walk down an aisle in a grocery store and watch customers interact with the wine offering. And they noticed that most people would just walk by and they asked why. And the answer was that they found the selection of wine way too complicated. So they wanted to create a wine for non-wine drinkers. And therefore, they opened up the market to this vast, untapped audience that uh, wine was never produced for. And within two years, they became the fastest selling wine in the history of the U.S. wine industry.
1: That, that's amazing.
0: So what, what I found in my journey in being a, you know one of the top blue oceanographers for over 10 years is that. Everybody around the world, of course, loved this idea and wanted to create their blue oceans, but very few could. And the reason was that everybody thought that blue ocean is about doing something completely new, leaving your comfort zone. And that was very scary to people, right? So here comes the slingshot framework. And it does two things. One is to alleviate this seeming trade-off and to say, don't just think of blue oceans and red oceans, but think of a continuum of blue waters. First, think about blue lakes, which is continuously refreshing and optimizing what you're already doing. Start there. Then go to blue sea, which is expanding what you're doing. Right. And then go to Blue Ocean, which is creating something new. And by doing this, this tiered approach, all of a sudden you have a very practical way of pursuing innovation and and reimagining your business from incremental to exponential. And I love the uh, the water imagery because you can start out with a blue lake idea, but it opens the, the way to a blue sea, which flows into a blue ocean. Right. I love that. And the other thing that I, uh, and this is why it's my whole platform is called Slingshot is because I think that by nature, we are all creative. And the proof of that is that that was our natural state as children. And when asked Thomas Edison, perhaps the greatest inventor of all time, what he thought was the greatest innovation of all, without hesitation, he said the mind of a child, right? Because that's where it all starts. And if you think about it, everything that surrounds us, everything that's man-made was born in someone's imagination, right? And then brought to life. And so what I wanted to do is give people and organizations a very easily grasped and uh, implementable way to systematically apply creativity. And it's based on these three principles that you asked me about. And one of the things that really pleased me in in, the, uh, preparation for our uh, podcast is that I see these three principles really strongly reflected in what you do and, and the way that Mind Valley oh, was, uh, was built. So let's start with the first one. And that's what I call the, the innovation shortcut. The innovation shortcut is this idea that in order to innovate and reimagine and transform, you don't need to actually invent something, you don't need to be the first to bring something to to market that's never existed, that's risky and that's uh, time and resource uh, intensive. Rather, the shortcut is to combine already existing components in new ways that unlocks unprecedented value. And so, to me, you know, your most recent book, "The Buddha and the Badass," is a perfect example of that. You know, on the surface, how do you reconcile these two seemingly complete opposites? So, something that represents uh, calmness and and serenity and wisdom with disruption and and being a future shaper. But it's that combination of already existing uh, personality types is is the magic. So that's the first main concept. And especially in the wake of COVID, it's a really powerful one because companies uh, naturally are are, uh, short on resources, but it's about your ability to engage creative thinking to combine already existing resources in new ways that will set you apart. So that's the first one. The second one is this could idea
1: we, of Could we go deeper in the first one? Sure. Let's look at an example of, over here, okay? So I want everyone who's live with us and for those of you who are on the podcast this is being recorded in front of a live audience of uh, entrepreneurs. I want you all very quickly in the chat to type out your job title. And Gabor I want to ask you to explain how to apply this to the job title that we see most commonly appearing in the chat. Okay, guys, you have 15 seconds. Type this out. Okay, so I see life coach, art director, IT manager, accountant, sales director, online creator, architect, language school, doctor, public health consultant, insurance business, real estate, life coach, chief business officer, teacher. Okay, so I'm I'm noticing a trend over here. There's a yep. lot of people over here who are in health, healing, life coaching. Let's pick that as an example. Okay. So, again, Perfect. what you're going to hear, it doesn't mean that it's not going to apply to you if you are, say, a startup CEO. We're simply going to use life coach as an example. So, you're a life coach. Mm-hmm. Um, there are thousands of life coaches out there. How do you make yourself stand out by the application of the first principle?
0: Well, uh, and again, just by the nature of uh, the type of profession you picked, I think it's a it's a great example of uh, of the innovation shortcut. A life coach, right? I mean, coach was traditionally from the uh, the sporting arena, but it was brought to business and to leadership, and now more generally expanded just to personal empowerment. So it's already at the intersection, or it brings together several former disciplines. But uh, one of the interesting things that I would explore as a life coach currently is, of course, the changing, the the disruption to lifestyles and work styles. And how do you now bring your expertise to, to your audience in a way that is most comfortable and most accessible to them so that it fits their new lifestyle and work style? So one example is that I have a and this is a little bit outside of your zone, but, but you'll see the, the parallels. I have a friend of mine who is a licensed psychiatrist in Arizona and in uh, California, but he has a Hungarian wife. So he lives here mm-hmm. and now he's conducting all his sessions with his patients virtually. So he's not in California or Arizona, but practicing there and therefore achieving the kind of work-life balance that he wants and also the type of uh, career path that he wants to be on. So uh, again, any of the professions you mentioned, this applies to. I see. So repeat the
1: first principle for us again so it sinks in.
0: The innovation shortcut is about finding new combinations of already existing components that unlock exceptional Absolutely. customer value.
1: In our business, we, we did the innovation shortcut in the middle of the pandemic. What happened was that we had to cancel all our live events, yeah. but we knew that there was still a desire for people to connect in a live environment. And at the same time, we had a podcast. The podcast was still running strong. And we thought, well, rather than do private interviews with our guests, let's make every interview a live event. Yes. Which is why there's a live audience. Since the middle of the pandemic, there's a live audience at all our podcast recordings. And so the people who want to connect, they come, people who are members, they come, they show up for a podcast. It makes a podcast so much more interesting because the the trainer, the teacher, the guest has a live audience there. We get interesting questions from the audience. We get to interact with the audience as we're doing right now. And we get to serve our community in a new way.
0: Absolutely. that's a, as I said to me this was a, a very natural fit in terms of how you intrinsically are uh, uh, building and uh, uh, and shaping mind Valley and, and the key principles to me as uh, based on the, the example you just gave the way that uh, that mind Valley has intrinsically been built and the way that you're shaping it uh, really captures the the key slingshot principles
1: absolutely yeah. And um, what you said about the pandemic and being able to be remote, that's opening up so many ways to use this principle. Uh, You get the example of Life Coach, but I can tell you I'm running my business in a new way right now by doing everything virtual. I hardly show up in an office anymore, and I love it. So let's go on to principle number two.
0: Principle number two is this idea of continuously stretching the definition as well as the starting and ending point of the Experience that you deliver to your target audience, right? So you never stop and say, This is all I do for them, but ask, what else can I do for them? And again, when when I look at Mind Valley, to me, one of the ways that I would interpret your journey is to say that you started with your with a thirst for knowledge or with this desire to capture and share knowledge as widely as possible. And now what you're talking about is to be the driver of, of global unity right? You're taking it to a whole new level of meaning. And to me, that's incredibly powerful because there's so much more depth to that. There's so much more impact and, of course, business opportunities. So to put that in perspective, I, I talked to you know, the businesses that I work with. I recently worked with a tire manufacturer company in Turkey. They define their business as we reinforce life, right? We don't make tires. We reinforce life, Or Nintendo, you know, they define their business as making people smile, right? And so that's the idea is, is how can you systematically push the definition of what you do, what value you generate for your target audience to its broadest possible limits, and then to see how you can activate and elevate what you do to that
1: space. I love that. So let's look at an example. I'm going to ask for a volunteer because I want to make this really sink in. So can we have a volunteer? And I'm going to bring you live. Let's have a conversation about your business along the lines of this second principle. So is there a specific type of business, Gabor, that you would like to talk about?
0: Not at all. In fact, I like the challenge that you're putting me through. I work with, with businesses
1: through the whole gamut. So Sunil, Sunil, I see you're a CEO. Sunil, would you like to come live? with us. Just type in yes, if this works for you. Okay, so Sunil is coming on stage right now. We'd love for you to tell us what your business does. We want to keep it really quick, so I'm going to set a timer for three minutes, okay? Three minutes overall. Tell us what your business does, and let's see if Gabor and you communicating together can work out how to apply the second principle. Ready to go, Sunil?
2: Yes. So yes, I'm an ex-employee of Microsoft, and I quit Microsoft to become a triathlon coach. And I started Men and Fitness Systems. The tagline for my business is Mind Body Habits. And uh, one of the things that I work is apart from just coaching for uh, you know sports like uh, swimming, cycling, running. I also work a lot with uh, uh, the mental aspect of it, you now mental health. And that's what brought me to Mind Valley first. And uh, I know Mind Valley has given me an incredible knowledge of how to work with my clients on the mental state and other aspects of it. So uh, my question to Gabor would be is, how do I take my business uh, to the next level where, you know, Robin Sharma say to earn millions is to serve millions, you know? So uh, right now, I just have around 100 participants or 100 uh, people whom I'm training, but how do I reach 100 million part- uh, people whom I can, you know, expand my business and grow?
0: Okay. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. So the way I would approach answering that is, and I give this exercise to the uh, the, the leadership teams that I work with, is uh, draw a picture of the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you, what brings you joy? What makes you happy? What puts a smile on your face? And now, Imagine the answer of your target audience to that very question, right? And whatever that is, it could be family, it could be sunshine, it could be you know, golfing. You know, how do you incorporate that into your offering, right? That's your mission because what you want is to be a top of their mind and in their hearts when, when they think of their favorite things to do, their favorite things to experience, right? That's really your challenge. Those are your most important competitors whatever occupies their attention and their affection, right? And so one of the ways I would start that journey is to rephrase your business, right? I I mentioned broadening your your definition and what you're already doing is wonderful because you're combining things uh, in a very interesting way. But how about if you redefine your business as unlocking human potential and empowering lives full of meaning and balance or full of meaning and health, right? Right. You see the difference, the power of that, it becomes immersive. It becomes so that it's almost irresistible, right? And so so you have then the ability to, to really uh, activate and connect with people on a very deep level. Now, how you get to a hundred million, well, that's uh, that's about uh, implementation and, uh, and getting your message out. But the core of that is this direction that I just mentioned.
2: Does that make sense? A lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Gabo. No problem. Thank you,
1: Sunil, for participating. It's Like I said, it's really fun to have live audience with us. Thank you. So, Gabor, let's go on to principle number three. All right. Best for last.
0: This is the most important one. And this uh, taps into what we started talking about because uh, the, the last principle is to identify and transform, and that's the key word, your customers or your target audience's key pain points into points of delight and infatuation, right? That's the core engine for you to establish, grow and sustain relevance, all right? Let me explain why this is so critical. At the heart of what I do is this wonderful quote by a former army psychologist, Dave Grossman, who said, the human equation is to multiply joy and divide pain joy shared is joy multiplied pain shared is pain divided it's a beautiful statement and i think it's hugely relevant to any organization any person or business because what i challenge every company that i work with to think of themselves as being in the business of multiplying joy and dividing pain right four words and if you can do that then you have your target audience's attention because that's what they want. They ultimately want to maximize their joy and, and alleviate as much pain as possible. And so, again, with Mind Valley, to me, the example is that you know, you tapped into in similar ways that I do from a, a corporate side, this notion that a lot of people may be directionless, may feel that they're underachieving, may be lost and uninspired. And you take that. And you're not just alleviating it, but you're transforming it into making people into future shapers, into making people high achievers. And to me, that's exactly the point of this final
1: and most important principle. Love it. Let's pick another business as an example, okay? Okay, so Bianca is the community manager for Valley. She's also the 11-time world karate champion. 11-time World Karate Champion. She looks she looks gentle, but she can totally kick your ass. Now, Bianca, you were saying at one point you wanted to start a karate school or yes. hypothetically, let's say there's a karate school. Let's see how we can apply principle number three, take the chair.
3: So, yes, in the case that I would like to, uh, to start a coaching business, let's say, for sport and nutrition and teaching people from around the world, even online and in person, mm-hmm how can we do this in a very successful way so that people can get most of it?
0: Well, tell me, what do you think is the biggest pain point, the biggest point of frustration of your target audience? So either those that you're already uh, providing classes or services for, or the ones that you're targeting who are not yet working with you, what's holding them back or what what, uh, bothers them the most in terms of uh, their current life or work?
3: I would say their own drive about having that ability to get into the workout without needing too much motivation. So the lack of motivation would
0: be. Okay, so the lack of motivation, all right. So now that you identified that, the question would be, how do you transform that into a a point of delight? So how do you take someone who's demotivated and make this the highlight of their day? That's your business challenge. And while you're thinking about that, let me give you an example. So, there is a mother and child who uh, drive together to work, right? And for both of them, this is the low point of their day because it's usually dark in the morning, it's very early, they're not in a good mood until one day the mother decides, you know, what if? What if we actually transform this into a highlight? And she buys a self-study tape to learn Italian, right? And so the two of them start to make use of this previously dead time and start to learn Italian together. And now it becomes the highlight of their day. They look forward to it. And in fact, the summer coming up, they're going to take a trip together to Italy, of course the pandemic uh, assuming it allows for that as a result of that. So you see that's the same logic that that I would apply to to this idea of taking something that uh, may cause people to lack motivation and injecting it so it becomes the highlight and what excites them. So what might you do that that in that direction?
3: yeah and I was thinking right now even for people that already start there are a lot of people who give up on almost everything in their lives but let's let's assume we're talking about this sports industry how can we make these people stick to their goals more than ever because it's it's also health involved it's not only movement
1: I can think of one idea there because I used to study martial arts and uh, one of the things that kept me going back to martial arts class was the friendships so my martial arts instructor would would have trips with everyone else in the class. For example, we went to Disneyland together. And so there was this, this bond, this connection, this friendship. So you want to show up to class because you were going to be reconnecting with your friends and that would bring you joy. Would that be an example?
0: That would be. And, and I think another direction, because Vishen, you, you referenced this, and this is something perhaps we're, we still want to kind of come back to, is humor, right? So martial arts is traditionally seen as something very serious, right? It's about self-defense and discipline. And, and I get that. Uh, And it should be, but it doesn't mean that, again, also taking advantage of the innovation shortcut that you can't inject an element of humor right at the beginning of class or afterwards or the way that you're filming people or telling stories and all of that, right? And imagine the power of that, right? So that people who may see and feel demotivated because they say, I just had a bad day, you know, more discipline or, or seriousness, that's not what I want. Now, all of a sudden, they see it also as an outlet to laugh, to share, uh, you know, funny stories together. You know, so that's that's the idea. That's
1: beautiful. Thank you. I really like this idea. Thank you for volunteering, uh, Sunil, Bianca. So, Gabor, could you repeat really quickly the three principles? Absolutely.
0: So the three key principles and the and again, I can tell you how powerful these are because companies that I work with on average increase their growth trajectory by over 300%, right? So these are the core principles that I think are at the heart of growth and relevance. The first one is uh, to take advantage of the innovation shortcut. And that is to look to combine already existing resources. They could be inside your company or outside of your company in new ways, new combinations that unlock unprecedented customer value, okay? That's number one. Number two is to continuously stretch the definition of what value you provide for your target audience as well as the experience that they have with you. Where does it start? Where does it end? The more that you can extend, the more that you will immerse them in your uh, offering, right? And the third and most important is to continuously identify and transform the key pain points, points of frustration, disconnect of your target audience into points of delight and infatuation. Mm -hmm. And because there is no limit to pain points, by definition, if you remove one, Something else will become the weakest part of their experience. You have a continuous motor, a continuous engine to reimagine your business. So those are the three key uh,
1: principles. So I'd like to go into the, uh, the next topic that I was really thrilled to be speaking to you about, and that is injecting humor into your marketing. I've never heard, we've never had a speaker discuss this before, but I'm curious to go in that direction. Let's talk about that.
0: So the kind of image that I use is the following. Imagine that your organization is like a vehicle, right? And let's say it's electric powered, but in order to, what your mission is to guide it towards ongoing relevance, right? So in order to do that, you need something to propel it. And that engine, so the guidance, the guidance system, that's strategy, smart strategy, the, the propulsion system, the electric engine, is innovation, right? You need to innovate in order to, to get you there. Your engine needs something to make it go. And to me, that's creativity, right? So creativity is the fuel that allows your motor or your engine to move forward and for you to guide it towards ongoing relevance. And one of the principal manifestations of creativity is humor, okay? So mm-hmm. humor is this incredible ability for uh, us to create bonds, for us to tell stories, for us to continuously uh, inspire creative thinking. Albert Camus, Camus, the the famous uh, French author, said that the absurd is the essential truth, right? And so what humor allows us to do is to explore and to probe the absurd. And you know, If we go back 30 years, if someone said to an ordinary person, what do you think of mobile phones? They would have laughed because they would seem so absurd at the time phones were attached to things, whether it was your office wall, your home wall, or your car, right? And, and places had phone numbers. People didn't have phone numbers. So that was such an absurd and even comical concept that that's where it all starts. So the role of humor that can be injected into organizations is really a, an exciting new frontier that, that I'm you know, personally a, 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 big, a, a big
1: proponent of. I love that. I love that. Is there, is there a framework? Have you looked at any frameworks or methodologies to, to get the human muscle kicking?
0: Yes. And in fact, what I have done is to co-curate a whole new platform with a, uh, an academic colleague and one from the marketing world that we're calling Stand Up Strategist. And before the pandemic, we have created what we call the the stand-up strategist top 23 rankings and looked at, and this is fascinating because more and more companies were partaking in April Fool's campaigns, mm-hmm. right? On April 1st around the world, simply to express their sense of humor. And these were wonderfully creative and, and, and funny campaigns. And so we started ranking them from such dimensions and as opportunistic absurdity, right? Does this silly campaign contained the seed of something that could actually be a huge new business direction right. and so what we're doing through that is developing that framework and uh, and even leading uh, universities stanford harvard and others are actually offering courses on humor and leadership and so so yeah there is definitely this is becoming a discipline if you like of uh, of smart leadership
1: i love that Love that, and, and humor and playfulness, so important. I was just interviewing Sadhguru yesterday, the famous Indian sage, and he was saying that key element of being human and really blissful is to bring playfulness and humor in everything you do. And so I was just thinking about that. Most of us fail to do that when it comes to the workplace.
0: Absolutely, and, and regarding you know just the, the way that I practice what I preach, when I wrote uh, my book, Slingshot, it's all illustrated by children. It has uh, original music, so each chapter has its own song, so you can immerse yourself as as you're reading. And uh, it's uh, it's only privately available, so I wanted to make it as a resource for organizations and audiences uh, that I work with. And by doing so, again, I, I am using the three principles in action. And so, so yeah. To me, this idea of injecting playfulness into everything that I do, I think it's uh, is really, really important, and also so much fun and uh, empowering.
1: Thank you, Gabor. This was a really beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. And now, for all of you who are listening, here's where you can find out more. Go to gaborgeorgebert.com. G A B O R George. Burt, B-U-R-T dot And the book is called Slingshot. Reimagine your business. Reimagine your life. Gabor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you,
0: Vishan, And this was uh, this was great. And for those of you uh, who tuned in, you can go to my website, click on the link to get the book. And if you type in special as the coupon code, all large uppercase, then that will uh, get you a 30 or 40%
1: off the price. So please do that. Awesome. Thank you, Gabor. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you on the next Mind Valley Podcast. Bye, guys. I'm Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast.